powered up. We have had to conform to a certain social game. And so we are in a constant state of competition. In terms of that competition, we can, of course, lose place. And in that sense, make mistakes. This is the secret. You can't make a mistake. Welcome, everybody, to Friends of Failure. I'm your host, Sam, and this is my co-host, Megan. hey And uh, you'll never guess. <laughs> oh, God. But today's guest is mm-hmm. us again. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> um, this is where we start doing horrible impressions, like, yeah, we have to challenge each other and then for like parts of the episode you pretend just... like we're other people yeah. yeah i feel like that could go off the rails real quick <laughs> yeah i don't have any good impersonations uh i've been told i can do a good arnold schwarzenegger but it's not good um it's just me <laughs> screaming get noises. to the chopper yeah 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 the uh early 90s catchphrase edition how you been how's life oh you know just no changes at all super level just uh, mundane and boring just so boring chilling. nothing happening chilling. all the time <laughs> the, uh, anything that starts uh, ends immediately um, <laughs> there are no scheduled events time is just a dream it's a construct um, yeah <laughs> it's it's an illusion to force us into a trip um <laughs> Yeah, dude. Uh, it, it, it's really interesting when life kind of has that, you know, snowball effect, right? Like a couple of things start changing and then all of a sudden everything changes and then the changes are just dramatic and like, oh, hey, we're doing that whole thing where like life path is changing. I, I've yeah. seen this before. I think um, everyone's had one of those moments and they're like, I was there and now I'm over here. And what do I, <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. And like trying to fathom the past and the now is, uh, we all joke, right? Of like, I can't tell you what I had for dinner last <laughs> night. But then like, you'll be like, oh, psh, and then you try to remember what you had for dinner and you're like, oh, I don't. Yeah. And so then you're like, do I really remember anything that well? Um, we pretend to. Yeah. We yeah. remember what we want. So I start Googling things like, what did I have for dinner last night? They're like, you should try making chicken pot pie. And I'm like, I had chicken pot pie. <laughs> oh, man. Anytime anyone ever asks me what I ate, I have to Google it. You have to Google it. And they're like, that's not how it works. <laughs> you had lemon cake for dinner? I'd be like, I guess. I hope it was good. Um, yeah. Because um, even, even when you have a desired outcome right like a, a goal is put into place you set a date and time to accomplish this you don't know how you're going to get there right like you you just try to set yourself in in the proper alignment and you know when you get launched out of the catapult hopefully you land yeah yeah like sometimes it's easier like 
breaking it down. It's a straightforward goal. Like I need to do this, this, and this to get to that. But a lot of life is what you said. You're like, I think I need to go over there. I'm going to just aim that way. And then you get, you know, too much crosswind and you're like downstream uh, without a boat. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because, you know, like you're, like we're adults, right? We're past the point of we get called adults and we pretend that we're adults, right? Like at 19, I was not an adult. I thought we were though. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, so like, let's just go all the way back. So when you're a kid, you have these like life-changing moments, but everyone's just kind of like, it's this weird, you can do it, cheering you on. This is a good thing. Like, oh man, you're growing up. So, you know, I don't really remember, but uh, you know, I, I went to kindergarten. That wasn't like a choice I made, but like my whole <laughs> life, my whole life changed from that moment, right? Like as soon as I went in, it was like, and now welcome to public school for at least you know, 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. And even then I feel like a lot of the shifts in your life are kind of decided for you. Right. Like. They're, yeah. Cause I mean, they are in a way you're, you're a child, you have no, you know, autonomy on that. And it lulls you into kind of this comfort of like, Oh, I went to grade one. Now I go to grade two and then there's three and four, and then I change schools. That's a little scary, but I see the same people, maybe some new people. And then that just keeps going until high school. And then yeah. there's a little, little more pressure at the end there to figure your shit out. Cause they're like, actually this ends. <laughs> you got to get off the ride and figure it out and be, you know, an adult. Yeah. I, I mean, because like, okay, I, so I remember fifth grade, they like had like a elementary school graduation. Like it was the, it was the unnecessary, you're going to middle <laughs> school, which is a different building. So we're graduating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there's this moment of like, oh, I accomplished something. And everyone's like, sure. Yeah, that's, that's what <laughs> you did. And so you believe that. And then you go to middle school and you're like, you know, you, it's weird because I, I never in elementary school or in middle school was I really thinking about self-development, right? Like it's all autopilot, like do what you're told, regurgitate information, you get to go to the next one. Right. And I don't know, there was like these made up pressures that kids make up because of TV and then they go to school and they're like, people care about whatever. And it's like, Nope. Well, normally I'm going to generalize a lot of kids care more about the other kids in school than the actual school. Like normally it's not like, Oh my God, I'm going to fail math. It's like, Oh, does so-and-so like me? Cause it seems like they don't like me. And if they don't like me, then this group doesn't like me. And then I'm just, you know, a piece of shit as a fourth grader. <laughs> not... you're, like, you're, you're eight. What the hell happened? You're like, ah, man. <laughs> Well, and so like in, in high school, the conversation does shift, right? Where it's like, you know, you're a teenager now and, you know, after high school, it's like the real graduation and you're like, well, what about fifth grade? And they're like, what about it? Or even eighth grade, I think had like a little, cer- like a ceremony or whatever. They probably call it a graduation. And, you know, again, 
you get to high school and they're like, okay, for real though, you're graduating. And it's like, yeah, I for real graduated t- twice. Like I got it. And they're like, no, this one's real. Like, you, yeah. They're like, those right? are practice. This one you cannot fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You don't just get to walk across and you're like, what is happening? And then of course, you know, teenagers are kids, man. And they're asking you things of like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Like not, not this. Like, I, I don't know what, what's the next part, but honestly, you know, where we do kind of learn this whole rhythm, right? You wake up, you go to school, you're done, right? That now seems normal. So you're like, okay, you either keep going to school. Now you just pay a lot more money for it. Yeah. Uh, or, it, or, you know, like work, whatever, and start doing the whole graduations as like right and so that's the the hard part is like it used to be like well by 23 like i had a house and then you know by 25 i'm married to the forever person and then by 30 i have kids and there are no more graduations there's no checkpoints it's just like a i think yeah like slowly like our generation and definitely gen z is not going to follow like the same rules we're not doing the check boxes as much anymore of like you graduate high school and then you do this, this, and this all before you're 30. Some people are still on it and there's nothing wrong with it. Like if it works for you, it works for you. But I think more and more people are waking up to there's another option. Like I can do something else, I guess. And figuring out what that is, is a whole nother can of worms, but man. So, so like it leads us to the whole point of when do people really start thinking about the self growth, right? Where it's like, how much of this is my responsibility? And then, you know, what tools are there? So the easy one is like, you're at Barnes and Noble and you see the, you know, what is it? Uh, how to not give a fuck or whatever it's called. Oh um, yeah. The art of not giving a fuck. The yeah. Un- Mark Manson, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Something like the un fuck with the bull uh something with the word fucking it yeah don't don't fuck with it (laughs) wu-tang clan (laughs) so yeah yeah so it's this um you know you pick up a book and it's talking about hey have you had some of these ideas before and you go oh yeah and you're like this is me and then like you know whatever so i've read that book that that was one of the first ones that i ever like read i think just to entertain the idea of that kind of book right And there were a couple of things from there that I I think I thought about and took with me. Right. So a lot like I didn't know it then, but I figured out that you start reading these books and you, you have to whatever. So I went into the Marines and I had a lot of growth there, but it was growth that was put on to me. Right. So even then I don't think I was really taking control or any responsibility other than like so-and-so told me to, like, I've got to learn this or so-and-so told me to, I got to get a promotion. Right. So I think, late twenties is when I had a moment where I, okay, I'm going to entertain an idea of all this stuff's messed up. What can I actually do about it? Cause in a lot of our heads, I think we feel and think and believe that there isn't anything we can do. And looking back at all the time that goes by normally where you get so used to just people determining your growth yeah. and what level and whatever you can do that for a long time. I feel like you can probably make it your whole life without really taking any responsibility of self-growth. But as soon as you develop the awareness that it's probably necessary, you don't really like go back from that. Right. Yeah. And 
and it opens up a whole new like standard for yourself and with any standard comes success and failure like naturally so if you start going I want to grow I want to be better but that's a very loosely defined thing it's something you have to define for yourself you're gonna fuck it up like if you're you know planning to or not like it's gonna happen right. you're not gonna just go I'm a better person <laughs> like it's gonna take some work yes yeah. you know there are a lot of books out there that will talk about the scientific functioning of the mind based off of like okay evolution and our development as people but then how does that function here right some of the like instinctual primal pieces that our ancestors left us while we live in this weird definitely not what it used to be right so reading the books they talk about like the mind and whatever and that awareness part of it is is learning to enjoy the journey because when we're kids we learn on to the next thing on to the next thing like now you're in ninth grade you're the whole like forget completing ninth grade get the the graduate right yeah so when I was younger, I think because of that weird ecosystem of being in public education and, and like high school and, you know, the only people that really give a fuck are all the kids, right? They're freaking out because, you know, oh my God, it's, do my pants look cool? And, you know, it, it means nothing, right? Um, but we develop like insecurities. And I think that's when that little voice starts really playing in our head, right? Yeah. So when I was going through life path shifts and they weren't necessarily mine you know if you felt bad about it you would just like kind of blame well you know my parents got divorced or we had to move or you know whatever it is and then all of a sudden you know you're like thinking about all the things that you failed right and then you start going did it ever lead to a success and you there are a lot of things that I think if we're honest with ourselves we go oh man like there have been a bunch of failures that I never allowed it to, to amount to anything. Right. And so you get to a point where you go, wow, like I, I was basically like a failure because I just kept quitting stuff, but also that made that perpetuate was like the negative speaking in your head. Yeah. So, right. So you make this correlation and you go, all right, well, even if things are going to be bad, I can still try to have a like positive attitude. And then, so you think about making yourself think, like a positive, you know, compassion towards yourself. Yeah. Which is such a strange thing because I, I think most of us don't know how to be compassionate towards ourselves. Yeah. It's not taught. And like, typically those insecurities that are built from a young age, kind of in your developmental stages become the inner voice on things. Like if you always fucked up on I don't know, science stuff and you're older and you're trying to like learn about science stuff. And you're like, well, you're, you're shitty at this. You're stupid. Like you can't figure this out. Why would you think you could figure it out? It's not going to, it's not going to help. But I I think it's a fine line of being positive, having like a better outlook on it, being like, I can try this. I think I can do this. And then also if it's truly not working out, accepting it, just being like, I am not good at this. And that is okay. If I enjoy it, I can continue to do it. But just taking the pressure off, if it's not something, you know, life sustaining, maybe you're just looking at biology for fun, for some reason. 
<laughs> you can just go, hey, I suck at this. I don't totally get it, but I like it. And that's cool. That's how I feel about, like, I have a lot of ADHD hobbies, quote unquote, where like you start them and you go really hard for like two or three months and then they just end up in a closet. I was not great at knitting. I did knit for a while. I still have half of a scarf in a closet and I felt bad about it. Like every time I saw it, I was like, that could be a whole scarf by now if I just, you know, actually cared about it and did it and kind of beat myself up. And now I'm like, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, probably won't ever pick it up again. It's going to remain half a scarf (laughs) and that's fine. Like it doesn't matter. It's not hurting anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially, especially with things like that. I mean, sometimes it's a hobby of creating hobbies and not like I I've been down that road where I've like picked up a bunch of different things. And it's like, you know, some of those things that you'll pick up, I mean, even knitting, like you end up spending some money to start this. Yeah. And then, you know, after a little bit of time, you're like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. Like I I learned how to do it. I wasn't great at it. I definitely uh, dropped some knits or whatever they say. (laughs) I dropped dropped my knits. I know. Dropped Um, some stitches. That's that's the term. I did learn that. I dropped a few stitches, but um, it's fine. I didn't care that much is what I learned. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's interesting to think about like work, per, pursuing bettering yourself, like for a career, right. Or as a person, or even in, in the realm of like hobbies, if you think about just like you were saying with, you start telling yourself that, that like, I'm not good at math. And then anytime math gets brought up, that's like the thing you say. And maybe, maybe you're not like, inclined at doing math but you could get better you know if you stay on top of it right and so there are definitely things that there isn't any real weight to it if you like pick it up put it down and then there's other things that like for me I figured out a lot of the things that never got accomplished was because I it would get to a point that it was easier just to quit and not sort out whatever it was that like you're putting pieces together right like that's all your life is is you're you're putting pieces together yeah so like whether that's like work yourself uh, and and relationships it's all changing as you're putting it together too is the hard part and humans very naturally need like a narrative like some kind of story of I went here and then I went there and now I'm here and when it's you know changing as you're thinking through it or you're stuck too much in the past or in the future and it makes it really hard to figure out where you're at. And I think that's, at least for me and maybe a lot of people, where you get into the, well, you don't know what you're doing and you're fucking this up. Because um, yeah. you, can't, you can't see clearly what's happening. And it's your life. You dumb something. <laughs> but like, it's all ambiguous. Like it, It's really hard to label things that are actively changing. And then your perspective changes on them too, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I pictured myself like on a couch watching Netflix covered in like, oh God, <laughs> like Dorito crumbs, but then like it's obvious that I've drank. Did you know that Mountain Dew currently has a Mountain Dew flaming hot? hot? <laughs> and it's I like, I, I, I don't, 
I can't imagine that, like how that would work. Well, like, so just imagine that someone had to pitch that in a meeting at corporate at Mountain Dew headquarters and wherever that is. And they go, I have a great idea, guys. Like what we're going to do is take our super healthy drink and combine it with these super healthy chips. And they just crumble it into like a can of Mountain Dew. And they're like, bam, right? And then everyone was like, let's do it. And the dude was like, I, I, I did not plan this. I didn't think that was going to work. Yeah, it was a prank, guys. It's April. Oh, my God. Um, I, or, you know, I, I would, if I had to bet money, I bet you it's, they pitch it. And people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he goes, hear me out. And then, and then it's more about talking about like margins, right? Like this is how much it would cost to, to produce it and send it out, you know, nationwide. And then just out of morbid, sick curiosity, this amount of the population will probably buy it. And it's like, we will be able to probably guarantee a, a return of investment, like of this stu- like insane idea, because enough people will just go, ah, and they'll probably buy it. Just to see one. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, dude, I think that's got to be like the pitch for like a bunch of these chip flavors. I think they're the the whole approach now is it's so crazy. It just might work. Like that's how a lot of it is getting in society in general of just like, oh, we've tried everything, but we haven't tried bubble gum and Pringles. So why not? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. There's a, there's a lesson in failure there, right? Of, you know, if you want something bad enough and you keep failing, right? Keep getting crazier with the idea. <laughs> Just I don't know if pitching, that's the takeaway. Well, just keep pitching crazier shit. Okay, I want to run a one-minute mile, and my last mile that I ran was 45 minutes, so <laughs> you know what? I'm going to pitch that I'm going to... You just buy an electric scooter, and you're like, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I made rocket skates. Oh, boy. It's just like the song. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I picture myself you know covered in like dorito crumbs i've obviously in a whole family size bag and then i drank the majority of a 12 pack you know mountain dew flaming hot edition Mm -hmm. or whatever and i think there's been a lot of times in my life where uh, obviously maybe it wasn't like that but you know you like start beating yourself up for like recreational you know, like, oh, I'm going to veg out and eat a pint of ice cream. And then you're like, you stupid son of a bitch. And it's like. Yeah, I think we all so- do it. And sometimes we do it for doing nothing, too, which I think is wild. Uh, the more I think about it, because I used to do it and be like, oh, you didn't do shit today. You're awful. You weren't productive. You produce nothing for the economy or something. <laughs> like, that's the only reason we were born and put on this planet. And once you realize you can do nothing and that's okay, it kind of changes the game. And obviously you have to find a healthy balance. You shouldn't, you know, do nothing forever. Eventually you should do something, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is okay. It's okay to like take breaks from those goals and even if it's a week of doing nothing, maybe it'll lead to a, a better week the following week because you're you're rested and you had time to kind of sit in it, sit in your shit for a little bit. I've been trying to get myself to meditate on purpose. Like, you say that most episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's been well over six months. And one thing I was thinking about is how, what is like the norm that we all do, right? We go to work, 
and then we're like can't wait till i get done so i can go watch like the next episode of whatever show or can't wait to get home and like get food and you know scroll through instagram for like an hour like doom scroll right and i think in our brain we do we do realize that there is a a need for like doing nothing but i think what that is is it's not a need to go and like ingest you know mindless entertainment and whatever category yeah it's i think we have we all have a calling to sit still within our like selves and there's like the easy ones is like oh i can't sit still and like oh it's boring Uh, but the reality is is i think we're all very afraid of ourselves because i think about it like you grow up and you start saying like really mean shit to yourself and then it's like hey go sit down by yourself in a room in silence well and it's uncomfortable and another thing like a lot of people i've noticed are they say they get bored when they're alone. And for me, like growing up, I spent a lot of time alone just because childcare, like my parents both worked. And at a certain point, you're 12, you can watch yourself. And now you can watch your little brother a few years like late, later. So I spent a lot of time alone. I know how to entertain myself. I don't get bored. And I think a lot of people are like, well, what do I do if there's no one here to talk to, talk about, or do things with? And that's them not knowing themselves, like not having a list of these are things I can do with my time. Like I know I can write, I can go play video games, go on a walk, like do certain things that help me. And then I'm not bored. I'm with myself doing something, but society kind of makes you feel bad about doing stuff by yourself. Like you're a loser if you do things alone in a way like you kind of get that vibe and it's more like when you're in public like if you go see a movie by yourself like what a joke why would you do that but I've been like it's been sounding real good recently I might go see a movie by myself do something like that and I've been doing more like by myself activities and getting more into that and it's pretty freeing like it's nice so yeah when you're when you go into it with the approach of like I'm taking myself to the farmer's market, I want to do this. No one wants to do it with me, so fuck them. Whatever, <laughs> I'm gonna go do it. It's fine, um, and I'm not saying that like sarcastically. <laughs> like it literally is because that's what I did the other day. I went to the farmer's market by myself. I had conversations with a bunch of vendors, and it was a whole new experience because I just didn't let the part bug me of like society thinks it's weird if you do stuff alone you have to do it in a group or with a partner or a person and it's really freeing and that's like a small way of getting to know yourself is like I hate to use the expression dating yourself but kind of in a way um taking yourself out like being okay with that if sitting at home by yourself drives you insane maybe start there yeah I mean um I think it's the, it's a, it makes sense to say dating yourself because you kind of have to court yourself, (laughs) right? So if, if the only thing you ever really knew to do with your time was work and then watch TV and then the TV goes out, you're like, well, what do we do? And so, yeah, I, I think the whole getting to know yourself sounds insane because you're inside your head all the time, but you live a lot of your childhood not really being prompted to think about your individuality. 
uh, unless it's conforming to like a group's individuality. And it is weird when you do it for the first time, right? Because like I, I would take myself out to go get pho and I would like get a giant like milk tea and, and have like some egg rolls and whatever. And it'd be like, awesome. And then I would just sit there and I would try not to like derp on my phone. I would try not to focus on anything. I would just sit there with myself. At a certain point, it like it, it gets awkward. Yeah. Because you're just sitting there with yourself and obviously you, you got to be thinking uh, and you either can just think random static, you know, autopilot thoughts, or you can try to like, almost like have a conversation and think through something. I don't think we do that very often where we like sit down with the purpose of I am thinking. And that's, that's weird. And another spin on that, like this week I've been watching Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, which is like a really good series. And kind of one of the first episodes talks about how we've always thought of ourselves as thinking individuals. Like we are people, we're humans that think, but what we really are, are humans that have emotions that happen to also think. Like the words are just the best that we can find to describe what's happening, but it's not the full picture. Like if you're looking at a giant painting and a bunch is going on, you can only describe so much and really you just got to look at the painting and like absorb it and like see right. it that way. That's kind of what I'm saying. So thinking through it is good, but also just stepping back and being like, what am I feeling? <laughs> Cause that I don't think is ever clearly taught to children, teenagers, the like the ones that need it the most probably when it's really yeah. confusing, but a long time ago, I had a therapist give me like a feelings wheel because I was very much in the I don't even know stage of what feelings were. And it starts really general, like angry, happy, sad, blah, blah, blah. The ones everyone knows. And then it narrows it down to like angry, irritable, angry, furious, angry, upset, like, and you kind of narrow it to like a very specific thing that describes it better. And then once you've identified it with yourself, you can go, oh, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm irritable. Why am I irritable? I haven't eaten anything today or like something like that. You can kind of right. diagnose yourself a little bit better. Like an actual navigating of emotion. I, I think that's something that we, we have like counselors and stuff in schools. And hey, if you need anything, go talk to the counselor. But it's like, you know, especially in high school, you realize after some things go down where it's like, hey, you're supposed to be able to talk about stuff. But if you talk about certain things, especially very real things, like stuff has to be put into place, right? Like for a children's, I mean, even like, teenagers, right? They're, they're kids, it's their safety. So like, welfare, you know, you yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah, like you say certain things, whatever. But then the other thing is there isn't a lot of adults if like any at all right unless that's something they believe in talking to kids or adults necessarily about navigating emotion which is actually identifying what you're feeling and understanding that it's not as broad as just happy angry sad you know it's yeah okay i'm sad well you know sometimes you get sad just from depending on how your brain works like non-stimulation right like you've got no sunlight and it'll shut you down right but 
being able to, to navigate your emotions and a sense of knowing, like you can't hundred percent fathom the emotion that you're feeling. Right. And, and you're yeah. going off of things that people imposed on you of, well, this is what anger is. And this is what, well, and- you, you only know what you know. And like, it's a shitty way to explain it, but you're right. Like part of the, the limitation they talked about in that episode was you're limited by your language around emotion or just in general, how well you can go explain to a friend or a partner, like a loved one. This is why I'm ex- like, I feel this way, or this is like, if you're bad at it, you're never going to get it across. Uh, no one's going to understand you. And then you won't even fully understand it because you can't get it out. Like you can't find a way to logically, you know, string it into a sentence, which is what we need to fully like make it click. And what I've been doing when like I get to that point and like, I really need to understand it is writing it down. I know you kind of sometimes say it out loud or something like that. For me, it's writing it down and then reading it back on paper and being like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's something about hearing it for me, but I, I think writing it down, it's like very similar, right? You yeah. see it instead of it just bouncing around in your head, you actually see a physical form of it or like hear a form of it, you know? Yeah. I don't think people want to do that. Right. And I, and I wonder like with relationships, whether it's like with a, like a spouse, right. Or friendship, you you know, when fights start happening, usually when you're fighting with a person, it's, it's, it's not about the other person, right. Two people are fighting and, and they're fighting because they're dealing with the conflict within themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think people can be, I think you can rationalize feeling that it's like, well, this person is making me feel this way and it's because they don't understand, but it's really weird talking about navigating and identifying emotions because you realize how much it actually controls everything because we don't, we don't know how to control our emotion. We don't get taught that, you know? Well, and like to a certain point, you're not going to control all of it. Like it's going to catch you off guard and it's going to come out. And then you have to, if it was something you did not want portrayed in that way, you have to, you know, admit to it, be like, hey, I reacted from a place of anger or sadness or blah, blah, blah. And that wasn't cool. And like, I apologize for that. It was from a place of emotion. But it doesn't mean that the person on the other end would be receptive to that because maybe they're not there. So it still might not go well. And that's the hard part, too, is a lot of times, whatever the relationship is, we're trying to advocate for ourselves but then if it's someone you're close to you're also trying to be like what would they understand or how are they going to take this like preparing yourself for saying something to them and that kind of sets you up for failure because you don't know how anyone's going to react no matter how well you know someone you don't know what it's actually making them feel and they might not even be able to return that verbally like for a while or in a way that you would understand. And a lot of it comes down to like communication failure, which sucks, but we're limited by what we can, you know, get out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, think about, okay. So let's say there were different classes in high school, right. And it was more about actually, you know, testing is still happening and they still, you know, do that whole game, but there's also some kind of 
some kind of idea in place of what could really help a you know late teenager become like a, a solid young adult or start actually young enough to make some pretty big mistakes and like recover and so the problem with that is like like finance i i, I don't think anyone we we don't really ever get sat down and talked to about money I would say that most of us don't get sat down and talk to you about sex, like not in a way that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. Um, and another one would be like human relationship. Yeah. I mean, your course is really just surviving high school and, you know, you want to talk about creating a very skewed messed up vision of humanity is like, this is how people treat each other. And so like you have these like horrible misconceptions moving forward. I don't know how receptive we are when we're that young, right? Because we start entering this weird phase of like, I'm, I'm 16 years old. Like I've got to figure yeah. it out. Like I'm, I'm grad, like I've graduated twice. I'm about to graduate a third time. And then I'm just going to go do whatever I want. Cause I'll be an adult. Well, you have like nearly an adult body, but still the brain of a child and then hormones. So it's, it's just not a good recipe in general for making good choices, but I mean, part of it's parenting, like hopefully your parents like provide some of that stuff, emotional intelligence, financial, like intelligence, real world kind of lessons. Um, but yeah, our schools probably aren't doing that. And it, that's a huge question of how do we help future generations not feel that struggle in their 20s and like. I mean, you're going to struggle in your 20s. There's no getting around that. <laughs> but it could be easier. Like, it could be a little more, you that's, know, uh, less chaotic. Uh, yeah, and I and I mean, I, I wonder, too, if we all, if we all were in a different system where it wasn't, you know, go to public ed, graduate, and either go to college or, like, people do military or they, like, just start working, you know, whether it's, like, a like a trade skill, right? And they build a family. But I think even if we didn't have to do all that and it was just kind of like you start and you start growing, you know, your environment and everything's still going to be such like a unique influence on it. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. I mean, like you and I could have literally had everything exactly the same, but just the fact that like I'm a boy, you're a girl, that different mindsets, different, like receiving, you know what I mean? So no one can prepare you for when it's going to happen. Like that turbulence of developing awareness. Um, Because I think there, if there's no such thing as perfection, it's a never ending thing, no matter what it is, right. You, you could be the greatest baseball player of all time, but it's like, it's never going to end. Right. Like you've got to keep getting better. You got to keep pushing it. And even it's like, well, you're retired. You're like 98 years old. You can't even hold it's the bat's too heavy. And you're like, got to keep going. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of fear like of ourselves. And then of, you know, the made up things in our head of what other people are thinking, even though like no one really cares. It's yeah. A lot of fears of I'm not going to meet this expectation or, I'm not going to be successful in X, Y, Z or something. And some of it's career, some of it's family, but at the end of the day, it it is really hard to untangle yourself from 
this is what my family wants, what society wants, what my friends are doing. And then stepping back and going, well, out of all this, this is what I want. It's, right. It is hard to tease apart. But once you kind of start thinking about it like that, naturally it'll rise to the top what you want. And the stuff yeah. that's not important will settle at the bottom. And it may seem really confusing and really awful at first, but it, it does like, I feel like the cost is worth it, even though it's because growth and change, it's painful. Like humans do not like change at all. Like I, I've been through corporate classes on change. We are resistant to the one thing that is always going to happen. We do not like changing. Um, we're built to adapt, obviously, but like the modern human just doesn't like it. They, you like your comfort and your safety and your routine. So when you step out of that, you naturally go into like, oh shit, like response mode of this is uncomfy. Yeah. I don't know what to do. And it's going to be like that for a little while. And then slowly and whatever your new normal is, it does start to click of like, oh, I do like this. I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, I do like going on walks at this time of the day. It seems to help me think about blah, blah, blah. And eventually you start to put together, this is what I, I want to do short term and then long term eventually sets in which it's going to change yeah i think that's a great point of even understanding like a small level of that so there's always a, a price to pay <clears throat> and everything is kind of set up that like why would you want to be an individual like why would you want to be so good with yourself that that's all that was necessary because people are like, you know, you're going to disappoint your family. It's like, I'm going to disappoint them because I get to a point that I'm like, hey, I've realized that I've never had boundaries. And like, I've realized that there are like needs in my life. And part of that is like, I need you to not do this, right? Like I, that's not a part of my frequency. And there are plenty of people that get along fine having the conversation or, you know, dealing with boundaries. And then there's other people who are like, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then the, yeah. those people leave or you leave. And if you genuinely want to get to a place where it's you that you most value and most trust and most like love, you're going to lose people on the way because I mean, think about friendships or relationships or even family situations where you start to grow and it's like, I don't, I don't want to be around you because you're not toxic anymore. Right. Like you make me yeah. feel bad about being what I am. And it's like, I, like you, you don't start bettering yourself with a long lasting intention of, I want to be better than people. I think it, it, it turns into just like, I want to be okay inside my head because yeah, I would argue most of us are not okay. You know? I, I, we're all naturally flawed. Like, I don't think there's a single person. And if they are, if you're out there just walking around <laughs> happy as a clam, good for you. But I think if, when you start to like pause and really take stock of things and how you feel about where you're at, where you're going, you're going to notice you want to change a few things probably. And they yeah. may not be huge. Maybe you're pretty close to where you want to be, but for some people they are huge. And like an example of, where you're saying people don't want to be around you say you stop drinking or something like that and all your friends drink you normally go to bars you go party 
but you're like, Hey, for me, I think I'm going to stop drinking and you're going to see different reactions. Some people are totally going to be cool with it. Respectful. That's hopefully the best reaction you're going to get. But some people might be like, Oh, they don't want to like hang out. They don't want to have fun with us anymore. I don't, and they're going to float away and it's going to hurt. It's going to suck that like something like that would change it, but it will, if you stick by it, like it will be for the best because that person never really cared about you. If something that you said, Hey, this is important to me. I want to do it. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I'll still, I can go to a bar. I'm just not going to drink. And they still go, ah, you're not fun anymore then they're not a real friend and you're learning a lesson there and it's better now than later. I think, uh, through experiencing the physical death of like people around me, uh, I think, I think that's always been something that I've, I've had to experience. And then there was different levels of it. Right. I think through that, there's this weird kind of attempt to, acknowledge that there are relationships in our life that we picture being there until we die right or they or they die right and when people actually die and you have any kind of i guess relationship especially if it's a very close relationship there is the trying to cope by rationalizing like they were they were only going to be here for that amount of time well, that I think applies to a lot of relationships that we have, like in our normal life, right? Like it, it doesn't have, it's not death that separates the, the ties. It's like, yeah, the shift of mindsets changes everything. I mean, thoughts are a very real thing that do not get, I think, the proper acknowledgement, you know, where you start sitting outside of what your, your autopilot was before you start instigating more purpose behind what you're thinking everything will change around you right because your actions will change and i think yeah i think from some of the books and and people that have talked to or listened to like lectures it does come down to understanding that we're all in that struggle it's just we're doing it in such different ways i think through self-growth depending on how far down the rabbit hole you're willing to go there, there are definitely going to be a lot of moments of falling down and getting back up some by your own doing. And also some very much environment. Yeah. Yeah. And then back to what you were saying, you were talking about everyone's doing it at their own pace. And that's the truth. Like, you and your friends, even if you're the same exact age, you went to school together, you can be growing at very different rates. Some people could already, you know, be in families, be parents, blah, blah, blah. Some could be in like their master's degree and you can be in a different place. And that's totally fine because like comparison is another thing that's natural. Like we all kind of do it, but it's also harmful at a certain point. Like just because you're somewhere different than everyone else doesn't mean it's bad or yeah. Yeah. yeah like you shouldn't look down on people cause they're not where you're at either. I mean, I, I'm at a weird place now where I've consumed 
all the information and it's like i don't need any more i need to just utilize what i have <laughs> and i think it, like i need to like info dump some of it and keep what's necessary and i think i have so many uh sticky notes if you will inside my brain that it's like uh, i don't even know where to start too um, many tabs open and what's yeah yeah, and what's funny is that part of the information that I, I feel I have and I'm comprehending or coping with the idea of this energy has been recycled before. And it's not like a I had a past lifetime that I can remember, but more of this isn't like brand new. It, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't... Like, your struggle isn't new. Is that what you're saying, kind of? No, like, okay, so we become attached to things because of our physical self and, and like, the physical realm, right? Mm -hmm. And we all, whether, like, you're religious or not, kind of have some kind of weird... There is, like, a, a thing in here that, like, forces function, right? Like, there there is a presence beneath i think the the flesh and bone so when i try to wrap my head around the fact that this is not like brand new baby energy and it's like <laughs> all right like do what you want it's i think things have to be processed and situated and like dealt with so they can like expand and shape shift and whatever and i think that you know, we talk about leaving legacies, which I, I'm all for. Like, if I have kids, I, I hope I, I help them in a, in a very positive way, right? Or even the people that I leave behind that I cared about. Um, but I think, ultimately, a purpose that can be decided. If you're going to pass on, like, we think about the physical legacy all the time. If we're going to pass on something, right? Yeah. There is an energy that goes somewhere. And I, and I think it's reused, right? Like I, I believe that I'm using recycled soul or essence or whatever. And when I die, it's just going to keep doing its thing. Like, I don't know if maybe this body is just a catalyst with a bunch of weird things like programmed into <laughs> the conscious and subconscious that are just doing their own thing. And then there's an actual entity that I am trying to pretend like I can figure out what it is. Uh, as if it, it as if it as if it has an effect on personality and intention right like like it like at what point is it the mind and the soul like i feel like for almost all the time the conversation for me would be like well what isn't the mind like that is our radio receiving for me like i i think it's different these are things that like we will never have an answer to probably in our lifetime like about the soul but the soul is more of like gut feeling or like, you know, it's not really like a clear thought of, oh, I need to do this. It's like, oh shit, something like, you know, the hair stands up on the back of your neck, kind of like, I need to go do this thing. I can't do that anymore. That's what I feel. But I was going to make a recycling joke on <laughs> how earth conscious you were with your, you know, energy recycling. <laughs> well, Thankfully for us, uh, we don't have to save the planet. The planet's going to save itself, and it will recycle us. Sure. Uh, I'm going to be a volcano one day, so. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> Hopefully, this all makes some sense to somebody somewhere. But 
you know, if you haven't figured it out, it doesn't really make sense to us or anyone because we're all just trying to figure it out every single day. We can just blame it on we don't know the right words. We don't know words good. And <laughs> that's why we can't like fully <laughs> actualize I, I, it. I forgot how to taste color. That's not a thing. <laughs> what flavor is that? Purple? Okay. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, dope. That's, I think that's, that's where we have to stop. That's change. It's change for you, baby. And then just cut, like it cuts Keep off. Keep the change or some awful. <laughs> Pulls out a Nerf gun and like star-shaped glasses. Why did you have that already ready? I don't. <laughs> I guess we should do Megan's Corner. Welcome to Megan's Corner. It's probably going to change. Maybe Megan's shack, like Radio Shack. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, You can find us on socials at Friends of Failure. Uh, You can email us at friendsoffailurepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your change stories. Tell us if we made any sense because we're not even sure. So much has changed throughout this episode. I don't quite know (laughs) where we landed it it always ends up on public education isn't going to do it (laughs) do it like that's every every episode like we're talking about how to become an olympian you know what it all starts with you go to school and then you got to unfuck yourself like (laughs) good luck right Um, uh this mainly applies to i guess texas education that's what we're saying (laughs) yeah that's what it is I just picture I picture someone graduating high school and then just thanking all the adults in their life, but in a very sarcastic like. Now I have to deal with like unfucking all of this, and they're like, "What?" And you're like, "I am so emotionally, you know, unstable." And, and it's um, your fault. Yeah, I can only listen to the Cure. Like, what have you done to me? Yeah, yeah, we're on the socials somewhere out there, you know. Yeah. Um, and then of course you know you know what it is. Life is happening for you, not to you. So go out there and change. Ah. Something. Do do the change. Change change anything. Change your clothes. Yeah. Change the. The more, <laughs> I don't the know. more you the more you know. I uh, I'm supposed to change uh, these. <laughs> I can't wait till we get a sponsorship for uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos. Oh, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I just can't even. One one of us would have to eat it on camera, and I don't think either one of us would do super great with it. No, I don't like either of those things, so it would it would not go well. Just throw up on camera, be good, dude. Like it makes you wonder, uh, like what's next, right? Are we gonna do? Yeah, uh, need- are we are are we gonna do ice cream flavored flaming hot crap? <laughs> flaming hot shit. <laughs> Flaming Hot Shittos. <laughs> yeah, new from Taco Bueno. If it's not I'm stronger than you, it's I'm wiser than you, I'm more loving than you, I'm more tolerant than you, I'm more sophisticated than you, it doesn't matter what it is, but this constant competition is going on. You can't make a mistake.